Welcome in to another new NACE International podcast. My name is Ben DuBose, and I'm a staff writer with Materials Performance Magazine and with Codings Pro Magazine. Today, as we continue our MP interview series, speaking to various leaders within the industry, we're joined by Alexander Morello, Technical Service Engineer at Belzona. Established in 1952, Belzona describes itself as a global leader in the innovation of repair compounds and industrial coatings. Alexander, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon, Ben. I'm good. I'm good here in, uh, in sunny, rainy Miami, uh, but uh, <laughs> happy to be here. Happy to be here and uh, just talk a little bit about, uh, about first of all, corrosion and, uh, and, and how we're involved in it. Basically. Yeah, and I think a good place to start, Alexander, for our audience that isn't aware of you before listening to this, tell okay. everyone about your position, your background in the industry. Okay. For example, I know you're a NACE coding inspector, level one certified. Just talk yes. a little bit, if you could, about your current job and your areas of expertise. Okay, so uh, I'm, a, I'm a chemical engineer. I have a BS in chemical engineering. I'm, I'm also a chemist. Uh, and I joined Belzona a little over five years ago and basically jumped right into it. Uh, uh, I had experience before with material, uh, with uh, actually heavy machinery. So I did see different types of, of, of alloys used to counter corrosion, but I was never really involved in it until I got to Belzona. Mm -hmm. Once I got into Belzona, I, I literally was uh, thrown into, into the, the whole corrosion, erosion and, and wear industry. And basically uh, started that, uh, some of the basic things that we do, and this is just everyday things, is, is just um, support with, to, to our customers uh, and all their, their needs, usually heavy industry. We usually work mostly in heavy industry, very little in commercial. Um, uh, support on any of our products. Uh, we, do field, uh, we do field support a lot, uh, phone support. Uh, we do, of course, emails, and those are the basics. Then we do trainings. We do field trainings a lot of times. We go and help supervise uh, jobs, all different types of jobs. Uh, here in Miami, we take care of all the Americas, so it's North, Central, and South America. Mm -hmm. So uh, we, we go all around uh, those countries for uh, specific training. Like, say, we do different field trainings for different types of uh, application techniques, be it coatings, be it wraps, uh, be it spray, uh, be it flange face, be it whatever the situation uh, requires, right? Uh, we do that so we're in constant, we're, we're in constant uh, contact with, uh, first of all, our distributors and our consultants that are directly in contact with the customers, uh, of course. And then in this case, a lot of times we're in, con we're in contact with a lot of inspectors, NACE inspectors during jobs. So it's, it's a flow of everything. Uh, we do investigation. Also, we do research and development with R&D. Uh, to look at new products or upgrade new products or look at new techniques or new problems that are coming up and trying to find out solutions for them, right? So we do a little bit of, of, of literally a little everything. We're, uh, we're also well connected with our, with our marketing team. We work very close because marketing and, and social media right now, it's, it's, it's very important, right? It's yep. very important to get your message out and, and to get the correct solutions out and uh, let's limit as much as, as you can um, the, the, the broken telephone type of service, right? Yep. And then that's it. So, as I mentioned earlier, Belzona specializes in repair compounds, industrial coatings. For mm -hmm. anyone that's unfamiliar with Belzona prior to your explanation right there, where exactly do you all fit in within corrosion control? What are the different types of corrosion that Belzona materials might be able to address? Okay, so... Um... I mean, corrosion across 
I mean, the whole spectrum of corrosion problems. Uh, I think the only limitation we'll have is it is there are organic coatings, so we have a temperature limitation, mm -hmm. uh, and we we could only resist a certain temperature, and then certain times uh, certain chemicals. Some chemicals are very aggressive, but we first of all, like you said, 1952 uh, is when we were uh, we originally came out. Uh, we're, we're actually a global company. We have about 140 different distributors across 120 different countries. Uh, Asia, and we have five corporate offices, and one in, here in the U.S. We have one in Canada, in the U.K., China, and Asia Pacific. So we have corporate businesses, and then we have satellite distributorships everywhere. And out of these offices, we work with all these all types of corrosion. Just starting from the basic general environmental corrosion, just the, just the, your basic. Uh, iron want, wanting to be back to iron oxide type of mm -hmm. situations, right? Uh, then going into uh, corrosion under insulation, uh, microbial corrosion, uh, bimetallic corrosion, chemical attack, which in a way is, is, is a type of corrosion because it's in, in certain environments, right. almost any, any alloy can, corro can corrode, right? So, uh, and then erosion, corrosion, which, you know, it's, it's, it's always worse. Uh, cavitation, we look into it also, even though you wouldn't say it's corrosion, it's, 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 in the, it's part of the industry. It's part of the system, right? It's, it's part of the wear that you have, right? And a combina combination of all these words is always worse. Abrasion, uh, I mean, any other type of corrosion that you could think of, we, we probably address it, right? There's yep. corrosion in itself is, 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 is a whole semester of study, just for a couple of corrosion, uh, some of the basic corrosion problems. But uh, yeah, we, we cover uh, literally as many corrosions as, as there are out there, and each situation comes up is sometimes a little bit different, right? Uh, we yep. come up with different things because we cover such a wide range of industries. So I'm looking at your bio, and I know okay. you've worked a lot within the power industry, spray application, composite wrap repairs. Okay. What are some of the common problems with those types of assets as it pertains to maintenance? Or okay. I suppose a better way of phrasing it, when clients in those sectors reach out to you guys, what are some of their concerns? Okay, so, um, and, this is a, and this is really across all industry. You could see, you could see the same issues across different industries. Uh, they're just different situations, right? Mm -hmm. So let, let, let's take, for example, power. I work a lot with power. You have coal, you have hydro, you have gas, you have biomass. You have wind, solar, nuclear, geothermal, and just general fossil fuels, right? Mm -hmm. uh, for example, uh, coal, which is, and this is no surprise to anybody, uh, coal is, you know, it's coming down. Uh, in, in the last couple of years, they've closed a lot of plants down, but uh, coal's a great example where you have a lot of abrasion, we, you have chemical environments, uh, chemical processes as part of the, 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 the process, and, the, you know, the, the, the tanks, the substrates, they'll just corrode naturally. Uh, through that, uh, hydro, hydro, you have generic cor corrosion, especially in, in places like uh, uh, basically in your penstocks, in your piping, uh, erosion uh, happens consistently in, in hydro. Uh, gas is one of the cleaner ones, but you still have general corrosion. You always have chemicals, uh, and you have chemical containment, and you have tanks. And over time, over time uh, sometimes, let's say, uh, things don't come out the way you think they're designed. A lot of times you have bimetallic, uh, bimetallic systems that weren't planned, and corrosion happens there. Corrosion happens a lot in welds. Uh, welds are especially uh, prone to, to corroding easily. So, and this happens in all, all these types of instances, right? Uh, biomass. Uh, biomass, uh, you have microbial corrosion. Uh, for 
even in wind, in wind right now, we, we, we've gotten very strong in wind and leading edge protection. It's a type of environmental corrosion erosion, right? That basically damages the wind, leading, uh, the leading edge on the wind turbines mm -hmm. and can actually bring down the efficiency of the turbine to about uh, 20 to 30%, right? So you're losing yep. a lot of money there. Uh, fossil fuels, burning of, of, of fossil fuels, of course, that, that's always gonna give you uh, just an excess of, 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 of different types of, of environments that are, corro that, that are very corrosive, mm -hmm. even, even when you don't think about it. Uh, even the fumes that are coming out of your basic processes are actually coming out and going on to all your different uh, metal substrates or your structures, and those corrode. So corrosion happens literally from from every level of a plant. I mean, there's there's usually no level that 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 that's safe from corrosion, right? And you know, and and um, let's say alloys and top of the line alloys are very expensive, and right. it's, you know, it's not feasible to to be able to alloy a whole plant. And this is where we come in, and we we, we find solutions uh, for for our customers. Uh, our our model is really repair, protect, and improve, and we really believe it. First, we normally uh, repair whatever issue you have. If you have a pitting, if you have loss of metal, uh, with with one of our paste grade epoxy products, then we we protect it against whatever corrosive environment it's in. In this way, improving the process, right? That's our model, and that's really what we do. We improve the process. Uh, try to save the customer money in the long run and uh, save the the customer basically the asset in the long run, right? So, I mean, it's and and it's no different than what else, than what 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 else we actually see in other industries, right? In chemical process industries, mm -hmm. in wastewater. So, corrosion is 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 everywhere, and it's it it really depends on on usually uh, the chemicals that are being used. Like, uh, for example, in oil and gas, are a little bit different than you would use, uh, let's say, in wastewater, but corrosion is going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to affect your assets. Uh, the process affects your assets, and uh, that means downtime. Mm -hmm. And downtime literally means loss, loss of uh, thousands, sometimes millions of dollars. Yep. So we mentioned earlier your chemistry background. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about materials, because okay. Belzona's solutions, I mentioned broadly, repair compounds, industrial coatings. If okay. you could go into a little bit more depth about the technical side, what okay. are the features that these asset owners need? In terms okay. of the chemistry of all of this, what are the types of features that Belzona's solutions typically have or that you're trying to develop? Okay, no problem. No, we, we, we haven't developed basically, right? So you're, we, we have our, our main line of, of coatings, uh, we, call them, we, we don't call them paints, we're, basic, we're a coating company in a way, are mm -hmm. epoxy resins, right? Uh, epoxy resins, it's a, they're long chain polymers, but they have a, a specific type of specific properties. Uh, epoxy resins, once you, you engineer them, you can make them very rigid uh, and very tightly uh, bound, if you could say that, right? So uh, they're gonna give you certain properties that, that, that are extremely good. They're gonna be very tight, so uh, chemicals are not gonna pass through them very easily to your substrate. Also, you our epoxy are 100% solids, right? So uh, a lot of times when you have uh, when you have uh, coatings that are not 100% uh, solids but have solvents, you end up having uh, uh, solvent entrapment, and you have voids. And through these voids, a lot of times, uh, chemical, the chemicals or, or liquids or just aggressive corrosive environments go to your substrate, right? So having 100% solids is extremely important. Uh, another thing that epoxy have, that epoxies have, is that they have a high heat resistance for being organic. Right, so the epoxy technology lets us uh, use the epoxy chain 
uh, at different uh, different functional groups of organic chemistry, and basically uh, tweak our epoxy system to what we want in a certain solution. Mm -hmm. So if we want high heat in a certain solution, we might we, we might make it extremely tight, uh, very little fillers. We're just looking for tight, uh, thick, uh, a tight. Uh, tight system where it's going to res resist heat and chemistry, right? If you have a system that your problem is, is it's corrosion, but it's also erosion, we might add different fillers to give that the erosion uh, the ero erosion resistant. Uh, in, in the past, we've used uh, ceramic fillers. Now, there's something new called thermoplastic fillers. These thermoplastic fillers, what do they do? Uh, with ceramic fillers, for large areas, you end up, uh, when you want to uh, do a, a large job, it's much more feasible with a spray application, right? Uh, ceramic fillers usually eat away the spray material, or the spray, uh, the pump, and the and basically the whole equipment, right? So uh, new thermoplastic fillers give us the options to actually do spray uh, jobs for erosion-resistant systems, right? So uh, so mainly it's uh, epoxy coatings and epoxy rebuild materials. We also have a line of, uh, of polyurethanes, right? Polyurethanes are always it's a little bit more flexible, so we adjust to whatever situation we have, right? Uh, conveyor belts in the mining industry a lot of times, uh, rollers, uh, they're all made of rubbers. Uh, so we try to, to help repair and protect some of those issues, right? And But the polyurethanes, what are they going to give you? They're going to give you more flexibility, but, of course, they're not going to have the same heat resistance and chemical resistance. So like it's, it's like everything. You have a little bit of, of something better on one side, but you lose something uh, somewhere else. So you just got to find a, a, a balance of it, right? With over 37,000 readers, Materials Performance is the world's largest circulation magazine dedicated exclusively to corrosion prevention and control. Published monthly by NACE International, Materials Performance covers the latest technologies, techniques, and methods of corrosion control used in industries and infrastructure worldwide. Sign up for your subscription today at materialsperformance.com slash subscribe. So let's switch gears and talk about the application of those types of materials okay. because I know you have sort of a unique role in terms of what Bilzona does from an oversight perspective. You okay. touched on that earlier. Um, what are some of the keys to applying those types of materials successfully? And feel okay. free to share some of your own experiences as you sort of answer that topic. Okay. I mean, I think uh, we, we um, here at Bilzona, we believe we're, we're, we're at the high end of, of the coding spectrum, right? And um, we're, we're very strict with our, our, um, our requirements. And, um, you know, talking to, to NACE, of course, number one on our, on our list is surface prep. You can have the best product in the market, the most expensive, the, but, but if you do not have good surface prep standards, it's, it's not going to work out, right? It's just not going to work out. So number one is, is surface prep. Um, and then you, once, you, you, once you have a good product, and you have the right standards, you're going to need logistical advantages. For example, uh, I'll give you an example, and, and this is how we, 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 we help solve a problem for, uh, I don't know if you heard of Barrick Gold. Mm -hmm. uh, Barrick Gold is one of the bigger uh, gold companies in the world. Uh, they, have, uh, they have a mine in, in, in Dominican Republic called Pueblo, Pueblo Rico Mine. Mm -hmm. They had an issue, right? First of all, the, getting into these mines, it's really not easy. It's not easy. Sometimes I think it's, it's, it's harder to get into certain military uh, it's, it's hard to get into certain military facilities than in these mines. They, they're really, really sure. strict with it to get in there. Um, we got in, uh, and they had a very unique issue, right? So they had a, a big tank. The tank uh, was about, 
uh, coverage rate was going to be somewhere on 9,000 uh, square feet to be coated. It's an actually a slurry neutralization tank. It's 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 part of the process of purifying the, let's say the ore, and and, and getting the different minerals out of it. Um, but they had a couple of problems. Number one, they had general corrosion in the system. The system, the the slurry tank worked at 160 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. Uh, they needed something that could take the corrosion, take the chemicals in there. Uh, it was a little bit acidic, and there was a microbial corrosion because there were um, microbes in there that 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 basically uh, ate the sulfide the sulfide and caused horrible corrosion in the system another problem is that it was slightly acidic and you had the ore erosion so and then high temperature uh, so they really couldn't find a solution they were looking for a solution but anything they could find was only brush applied right uh, and the problem they had is that they only had 20 days to do it so they were looking for a material that could do it in 20 days. So that means that it had to be sprayed applied, right? So you, you see how you end up having a, you might have a great product, but you need the, the logistical advantage to be able to apply it correctly, right? Right. Another, another problem is that um, at, the actual, at the actual site, it was, it's, it's a humid environment. So you're always having flash rusting after you're doing your, your, your blast. So you, you need to get it done as quick as possible. Anytime there was actual, um, there was actual lightning, all work had to be stopped for three hours. So the logistical uh, challenge was, okay, you have a great product. You have a product that's going to meet your conditions, your temperature conditions, your erosion conditions, your chemical resistant conditions, right? But now how, how do you apply it within 20 days uh, having all these issues, right? And uh, being able to spray it was very important. And that's why, that's why I told you uh, having these new technologies and being able to spray uh, the product was able to, help us meet their, their their downtime, right? Those 20 days and with, within stops and and, 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 and continuing uh, the, the actual application, we were able to do the application in literally about 12 or 13 days, which uh, if they would have had to do by hand, it, it, it would have been impossible. So even though you have the great product and you have uh, you have the technique, you need you need to be able to do uh, to have the actual technique to do the right application, right? And in this case, it was spray. And that actually got us that one tank. And I actually spoke to, to, the, to the consultant today, and it's in perfect condition. It's been there for four years. And he's already done about six or seven more tanks, right? Yeah. Not only because we had the good product, because first we, uh, we had a, uh, a good NACE inspector there that helped keep all the standards for surface prep. You had the product, and then you also had the machinery to do the product and the personnel that were trained to do the product. Uh, to do the application correctly, right? And um, and like with any job, I think with uh, spray applications uh, and almost any job, it's all about logistics. You have to have the correct logistics, the people that understand the logistics for a job to go, go down smoothly. Of course, always maintaining the correct standards, the correct surface prep standards, because if there's no certain not correct surface prep standards, you're going to end up having a lot of issues down the road, right? So that's one example with... Uh, and that was done with yeah with uh, our uh, ero high temperature erosion corrosion uh, coating, uh, and then uh, other examples that we've done. For example, uh, composite wraps. Composite wraps are actually a big are big in the industry, especially in oil and gas. Uh, we have a system that it's ASME uh, ISO standard. Uh, it's compliant to those standards, and the system itself brings up. Uh, piping back to standard. A lot of times you have internal corrosion in piping 
and the processes don't stop. The process just keep on going. You really can't stop the process. Sure. So uh, there, there are corrosion, there are corrosion uh, studies done to see how the pipe is in certain areas. Once the pipe has lost a certain amount of material, you need to get it back to standard, structural standard, to be able to run. Uh, and we designed a system called SuperOp2 to get these back to standard, to be able to do it uh, while in service. If, of course, there's a, a hole, the hole has to be plugged, and then we get it back to service, right? Um, this, this system has to be has to be basically um, um, it has to be done by trained people. It has to be uh, people have to be trained in the super app two system. They have to be certified. They have to pass a pressure test for spools they do uh, during training, and then they're certified to be able to apply the system. So it's a great system, but I had a couple of limitations, which you have to be trained, right? So we looked into okay, you know, this is a great system, and it's an engineered system. Let's look into using the system in in, in other situations, and we did. So we started ca calling these uh, type of wraps or patches non-compliant uh, non patches. So the system is a kyber, kyber, uh, carbon fiber, uh, fiberglass, and resin system. Uh, individually by themselves, they're nothing special, but it's like any other type of mixed composites. Once, they, once you actually mix them, uh, when you do the certain testing, the, strain versus, uh, the stress versus strain diagram is extremely similar to how carbon steel uh, reacts. So in a way, what you're doing is you're actually adding, in a way, more uh, a more structural support without having to weld. And this is very important, yeah. right? Because th this actually gives an advantage and, and some type of, of confidence to the asset owner that they're not just putting a patch here. They're not just stopping my corrosion. They're actually giving structural integrity back to the system. So uh, we we decided to do non-compliant wraps where we made estimates of how many wraps uh, would go into a system, not engineered, non-compliant, but it's, it's worked out very well. We've done different jobs. For example, we did a job here in Florida uh, with a, with, um, uh, a gas uh, fire uh, plant. And uh, what they had is in, two, in their cooling towers, uh, they actually use fiberglass piping uh, just to, to limit the corrosion. But what happens is that, of course, they're a lot more sensible to erosion or, or, or to basic damage, to stress damage. And um, they had a leak. When they tried to fix the leak, uh, it was in uh, the, the piping was underground. They actually uh, hit the pipe while they were trying to excavate it, and, and, and they cracked it even worse. Right? Uh, the asset owner uh, tried using fiberglass uh, and fiberglass bonding. Didn't work. He was really kind of uh, out of solutions. He called us. We went in. We actually uh, it, it already had a big hole. We we uh, we we. We did a plate bonding, metal plate bonding on it, and then we went over with the fiberglass system wrap, and, uh, the fiber uh, and carbon fiber system wrap, and and we we actually solved it for them. They had already spent thirty thousand dollars on on looking at other solutions, and we we literally solved it for less than five thousand dollars, right? So yep. it's 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 knowing the situation, knowing what products you have to be able to help your your uh, your customer with the right solution. Yeah, that's really good insight, and. For anyone that wants more information from you or Belzona, as we wrap up this podcast, how can they find it? What are some resources that uh, you all have available for our listeners? No, that's fine. We have, uh, of course, www.belzona.com. That's our, our um, just our, our web page. Uh, we have www.blog.belzona.com. That's a Belzona blog page. And uh, we have our LinkedIn page. So just search uh, Belzona for LinkedIn. And then for any yep. technical questions, even... Uh, even if it sounds a little bit uh, 
too weird. Uh, just send it to us <laughs> at technical, right? And yep. that's going to be uh, three letters, TKL at bellzona.com, short for technical. T as in Tom, K as in Kite, L as in Long, at bellzona.com, and uh, we will always try to help you. And with honesty, uh, we'll tell you if we have something, and we'll tell you if we don't have anything. Um, and I think that's the most uh, honest thing you could tell a customer, right? Yep, exactly. Folks, this is where we'll wrap up today's podcast. For Alexander Morello, I'm Ben DuBose. And if you want any more insight from us on our site at NACE before our next podcast, I strongly encourage you to check out NACE.org, materialsperformance.com, and codingspromag.com. Also, if you have not already, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review. As always, thanks for listening, and please come back soon for another new podcast episode.